Now, Bob, um, Bob, turn around. Let me see the one with the reindeer. All right, turn there. All right, now try the plaid one, Bob. All right, let's see what that looks like on camera. What about a scarf to go with that, Bob? Kind of a thing like that when you're out there with the bobsled boys, a thing like that? Why don't you look into that? Get yourself a scarf. Gloves. Get him some gloves. The Wrestling Life. Everybody, it's Wrestling Life. It's episode 282. It is November 4th, or November 5th, depending on when you're listening to this, 2021. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. Yes. And as always, so many things we cannot talk about right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast. Well, it's good that there's a wrestling podcast to talk about all the wrestling news because... Where else would people talk about this? WWE cut 18 wrestlers right as we were about to record <laughs> tonight. Usually it happens like the big news of the week drops right after we record. And mm-hmm. then our show is immediately outdated before either of us has the chance to edit it. But in this case, uh, our p- recording was postponed because I had to write up an article about how 18 WWE wrestlers got cut. I guess Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Eva Marie, Nia Jax, uh, Graham Metalik, Lindsay Dorado are the big names, and then there's a BFAB who just got called up to SmackDown, and then there's a list of NXT names, Jeroni Larkins, etc., etc., etc. I don't mean to belittle anyone that lost their jobs, but obviously the headliners are the main roster people. Keith Lee probably going to be the guy that gets the most talk. Mia Yim also, so sad night for that household. Um, although I think they'll both do well in the Indies. Anyway, WWE had their third quarter investors call and then within the hour started cutting people due to quote unquote budget cuts. We shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. Should we? No, I think, I think the, the quickness of it maybe caught people off guard. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering things, but I feel like it would happen over the following weekend on some of the previous calls. I don't remember it being so immediate and, also, it felt like the news sort of trickled out throughout throughout a day rather than just almost almost sequentially within, uh, you know, the last hour or so before we recorded here. They just dropped all seemingly uh, all eight, all 18 people that are being cut were sort of announced one right after each other or not really announced because I guess that's a change in uh, in procedure on the WWE side is not even the main roster people get a dot com announcement anymore yeah that's a weird one we're uh, discussing that at work and i don't know like they ne- have still never officially uh confirmed uh kane velasquez's release <laughs> right <laughs> like he was a main roster guy he never got a a uh, wwe.com news post i don't know how they go about deciding who gets news posts and who doesn't anymore you know who gets wish well and who doesn't so but yeah i mean that's that's the 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 shock of it i think is less than it happened i think it was it was somewhat expected by anyone who's sort of noticed how wwe has been doing things for the last uh you know last couple years in this post talent hoarding era that we are now in where we aren't trying everything to 
keep any wrestler who had like more than 10 Twitter likes on a GIF of something they did away from AEW or Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, it's it's this is probably not the end of it. And we'll probably see more next quarter and every quarter after that. But it, yeah, it's I, I guess, yeah, the big names being like Keith Lee and and Nia Jax and the recently brought back Eva Marie. A lot of these people, I think that's also part of it too, is that a lot of these people signed this year or late last year, or had just recently, as you mentioned with someone like BFAB just recently were brought back to TV or were brought up to the main roster TV. So it seemed like uh, that was part of it, but I, I guess that's, that's the lesson we've been learning from the last couple rounds of cuts is that it does not matter if you were on television in a, you know, in a, in an angle, in a storyline, in a new group, whatever. Um, I guess we saw that last time with, you know, someone like Alistair Black who was, had just returned to TV right before he was cut. So yeah, I guess that's just sort of the business as usual going forward. The bear cat hunts no more. <laughs> well, there is at least one positive that comes out of this. <laughs> Bearcat Keith Lee, borderline. Oh, that, that poor guy. Anyway, there. Uh, yeah. So there would be uh, cut. 18 people. <laughs> they had I was looking this up. They There was a, a master one mass release of like 14 this year. There's another mass release of like 13. There was an eight. There was a six. It was just like, ugh, it's terrible. Anyway, so. In addition to cutting all these people, they're really not uh, putting out a very good product right now. Uh, Survivor Series is their next pay-per-view. Don't know if this one is for brand supremacy or not yet because they barely started talking about it. They sent out the WWE, here's what's on Raw tonight, promotional email at like 645 this past Monday and it had one match on it. It was Becky and Bianca, which they had announced the week before, which is usually a pretty good sign that the show was rewritten or being rewritten <laughs> as it was going on <laughs> and yeah so we don't we have no idea what's coming up on survivor series and uh they're in kind of just cruise mode until royal rumble and this is a yet another dark uh, november and december as tends to be for them yeah it's it's interesting um in the sense of how like how little they're trying uh <laughs> That's uh, that's that's the most interesting thing about it is, uh, you know, they haven't really set up new challengers for for Roman Reigns. They do have a, a number one contender for Big E, but um, that match is that's just happening someday. We don't really have any idea of when that's happening. If it'll be before Survivor Series, after Survivor Series, there's no uh, December pay-per-view anymore. So um there there'll be a lot of tv not building to anything for i guess everything after these these last couple weeks before survivor series not that they're trying very hard to build survivor series but then it's like then you got like eight weeks between then and i think the rumbles like the the almost the last day of january so um they're there's gonna be a lot of filler a lot of filler on these shows and uh, Bianca Belair is going to get beaten a lot. I would have, if I had to guess. Yeah. So they beat Bianca again this week. Look, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm conflicted on this because obviously Becky Lynch is my second, second favorite wrestler, but, uh, doesn't really feel like they've given Bianca a fair shake. 
um, since she won the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, I I just it's one of those things, and this it looks to me like this is another example of them going, well, it worked with Daniel Bryan and it worked with <laughs> Becky Lynch, where we just beat these people like a drum and they still got over. And therefore, the lesson we have taken is we need to beat these people like a drum. Everyone must be beaten like a drum. And eventually a switch will flip and the crowd will get more behind them than they've ever been before. And then we'll, we'll pay it off and they'll get a big win. Um, yeah, I, it, it's, a, it's a little frustrating. I think if, you want, if you're a fan of Bianca Belair, if you're a fan of just seeing a promotion book baby faces with some credibility, like it's, it's, it could be frustrating. And with Bianca, it's, it's, she's like everything you would want in a top, in a top star. And, uh, you know, we talked about it, how for modern WWE standards, at least how good of a job they had done with her leading up to her losing the title in 20 seconds and then losing five more matches in a row or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they were doing a pretty good job. I thought trying to get her to ascend to that next level. And the way they were doing it was by having her beat everybody <laughs> like, right. and it was, right. it was working. She, she was getting big reactions and then they put her against, Becky, who was a heel that the crowd was not ready to boo. And that sort of just uh, resulted in kind of a, a weird environment for all their matches. I think they still had good matches. And, you know, as we've talked about before, Becky will go out there and beg to be booed every week and, and they'll, they try. And I thought, I thought they had another good match on Monday and there's, you know, the wrestling is certainly not the problem, but it's just, yeah, it just feels like we're on a hamster wheel. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what you do with her. If, I mean, they've seemingly moved her away from Becky, at least for the time being, um, there appeared to have set up a Becky live Morgan TV program. Who knows how long that would go, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I feel, I felt frustrated by Bianca's, uh, plight in the sense that I was very complimentary. And I think we both were of how they weren't doing the WWE thing where they beat them like a drum for six months. Like she was, she won the rumble and she won the title and she, uh, I mean, she didn't have a ton of opponents. Like she wrestled Bailey and Carmella like 15 times, but the, at least, at least she was winning all of those matches and, and then things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I think in setting you up there, I may have, overstated a little bit I, I or just forgotten the fact that they actually did a good job with her for like four months and then it's just really like in the last since since SummerSlam since they had, mm-hmm. since they, had Be- they had Becky Killer uh, that she like can't win a match anymore it's like maybe if you have to win matches at some point and if you don't want her to lose you don't have to book her against Becky every week <laughs> yeah you could you could even do a storyline if Becky's theoretically heel where you know Becky gets one of the GMs to make a declaration that Bianca has to win 25 matches before she gets another title shot or something. And then you just have (laughs) Bianca win a bunch and fight back to get, get a title shot. And then you book to it. And even if you then beat Bianca again, 
at least she's won a bunch recently and, and can maybe afford a loss better. But man, this is, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's tough. It's tough to watch these shows. There's nothing particularly wrong with them. There's, there's good wrestling on a lot of them. Uh, but it's like the most the most exciting program or build on Raw this week for me was people get real excited when they tease almost and Randy Orton. Like, I don't know why, <laughs> because like I've seen Kali versus Randy Orton. Sure. But, uh, but people are people are into that. And people got in. People got excited when they tease like almost and Lashley, too. So I don't know. I think I'm ready for the for the almost singles push. Just why, why not? Who cares? He, he's real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like <laughs> Kali was real bad too. He was. I will say <laughs> Kali had like a very bizarre charisma to him. And I do think almost has like a little bit of something, but the uh mechanics <laughs> oh. of professional wrestling he has not taken to. Uh Drew Gulak and Adam Pierce have not successfully taught him how to be a good like big john stud yet so right i mean they taught keith lee they remade keith lee into into king kong bundy (laughs) as you you pointed out but they have yeah they have not been able to work their magic with almost who is worse in person than he is on tv by the way (laughs) which is really impressive i think because you think (laughs) you know cameras are off maybe it's not as uh you know not as a high pressure situation has right. to have a little more fun, play to the crowd and stuff. Somehow, still worse. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he turns it up for TV. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he's he's learning from the best. You know, you work you work smarter, not harder, brother. That's right. That's right. Oh, drastically shifting gears. John Moxley's going to rehab, or he's an inpatient alcohol alcohol rehab for a business that has glorified excess. And alcoholism for 40 years. It's qu- quite something when one of the top stars in the business says to his boss, yeah, you could tell people I'm going to inpatient alcohol treatment. And the response is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, it's one of those moments where it's like, well, maybe this maybe this business isn't 100% terrible. You know, like maybe there's there's some speck of hope in in there somewhere but yeah i mean it's it's obviously sad and 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 scary if if you're you know if you're someone that's close to him and and that he's been dealing with this but it is it's an incredible you know this is the first step it's it's as cliche as that is it's you know it's why a lot of those you know alcoholics anonymous and other programs like that have steps to them the first step is you got to admit that there's a problem and, and, you know, agree to get help. And the fact that he's taking that step and is being supported and is being celebrated, not only by his wife and I'm sure his, you know, his family, but also by his, you know, his boss on a very public uh, you know platform and other, other professional wrestlers and people in the company all sort of showing him that, that love and support. It was, it was a genuinely nice thing to see. I thought, you know, punk, uh punk's promo on dynamite uh where he just you know like took took the crowd who just wanted to have a fun wrestling moment is like we got to talk about something very serious here i like punk being like the dad 
of this company now. And he's like, we got to talk about something serious. Let's, you know, sit backwards in the chair for a second. I'll rap with the kids. And, but, but, and then him having that genuine moment of just be like, it's really good that he admitted that, you know, that he was having these troubles and that he didn't try to just keep going and get back on the hamster wheel, so to speak. And, and, you know, he you know, said that he was proud of him and, and yeah, it's, and, and the fact that, as you said, that John Moxley was willing to publicly share that information or allow his, his boss to publicly share that information uh, in the first place is, is very cool because if you, if, if you've listened to John Moxley talk, I think he has a quote unquote old school mentality in a lot of ways about professional wrestling. And I'm glad that the, the, absolute worst vices of of the old school wrestling mentality where you're you're pushing yourself until you drop and you work hurt and you you know you don't admit or ever acknowledge that you're having a problem with anything whether it's mental health whether it's you know something like this you know an addiction in this case uh the fact that he's he and and hopefully people like him are 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 going to break the cycle and people that aren't in the wrestling business and are maybe just fans or who just see, you know, see those posts on Twitter or something, maybe they too will be inspired to, uh, you know, to not, to not feel any, any shame in, in asking for help and for, and for getting it. So yeah, it was, it was cool to see that not only the way it was, it was that he and, and his family were embraced, but also the, the sort of, I don't know if celebration is probably the wrong world, wrong word here, but like the, yeah, the the thumbs up all around from people going, hey, it's good that you admitted this and it's good that you're going to get help now. So I, I thought that was handled very well by the company and, you know, hats off to him for willing to, uh, you know, have it be a, a public story. So Miro subbed for Moxley in the AEW World Title Tournament, uh, Title Eliminator Tournament. And Miro killed Orange Cassidy, and now we get Miro and Brian Danielson at full gear. Omega versus Page. Uh, yeah, the Danielson Miro winner gets the next title shot. Omega defends the title against Page. Britt Baker defends against Tay Conti. The Inner Circle defends against or uh, faces the American Top Team in a ten-man tag street fight that could be really something. <laughs> Tag match for the AW World Tag Team Titles with the Lucha Bros against FTR, and then Darby Allen versus MJF are the six matches that are official for Full Gear so far, which is coming up next Saturday. How's this? Uh, I mean, they're coming off one of the great wrestling pay per views of all time. How is this card uh, lighting your world on fire? I mean, I, I for me, there's there's stuff on the show that I think will be really good and entertaining. But if you're asking me what I think, like what what's the reason to buy this show? It's to see Hangman Page win that title. Like that's it. Mm. Like that's that's all you need for like for my for my point of, from my point of view, I think they're gonna have an incredible match, and Hangman Page can and should and will win that belt. Like that's uh, so that's that to me is that's uh, I I don't feel like there's been a lot of tremendous storytelling as as we've discussed in recent episodes. Um, a lot of a lot of necessarily super cohesive stuff, and and they have this style of television where, for whatever reason, they don't really turn up the gas on like what they're doing for the pay per view. It feels like until about three weeks out, yeah. Um, like they just they just sort of started teasing what CM Punk uh, is <laughs> doing at your pay per view like two weeks out. Um, yeah. So that's 
and that's not that's not a new thing. That's the way they've they've done it for a while. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there will be good stuff. I think uh, Danielson and Miro will probably have a very good match. I saw that match live actually at a, at a SmackDown taping that I went to in Baltimore. Uh, that was uh, Daniel Bryan had just come back from injury after being injured for uh, for a couple of weeks, and he lost clean to Rusev in the main event <laughs> of that show. I went to that show to see Daniel Bryan wrestle, and I uh, I got it. <laughs> Boy, did there I get you it. go! I got my wish. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, smiles I, on faces. That's right, brother. Um, that's okay. In the in the dark match, they did a two minute AJ Styles Nakamura match. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, I think I think it'll be a a fine show, but it's there's no one left. I don't think that you could bring out to equal that feeling that everyone had at the end of the last show. But I do think Hangman Page finally winning that belt's going to be it's going to feel like a big deal and it's going to be a really good feel good moment. So that's that's to me is the it's the number one thing. And. Yeah, I, I kind of, and I'm guessing they might tack on Orange Cassie and Matt Hardy to the show. Um, but I kind of, if I'm being honest, like Miro's fine. Um, and I think he and Danielson will have a really good match. But I think I'd, I'd really like to see Brian Danielson and Orange Cassidy wrestle. <laughs> like that sounds, that sounds incredibly fun to me. Yeah, so as you mentioned, they tease Punk and Kingston also. They'll probably throw a multi-person match together maybe for the, pre- for the pre-show. I'm not sure yet. Um, we'll see. But yeah, obviously in-ring, probably not going to be anywhere near. The Young Bucks don't have a match yet, do they? <laughs> oh, it's uh, going to be the, the Young Bucks and uh, Cole against the, the Dinosaur and the Jungle Boy and Christian probably. That's right, Jungle Jack Perry. <laughs> and Christian Cage and uh, and 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 the dinosaur. You know, Jim Ross had a couple good weeks there, and then this week he he was real bad again. <laughs> I just, I mean, we didn't we didn't do a show last week, so we missed getting to talk about my favorite dynamite match of all time, which is the Ghost <laughs> the Ghostbusters match. Yes. And it's not my favorite match because it was like great work. I mean, I had no strong opinions on the discourse of whether or not main event guys should do that much comedy or whatever. I don't care. It was, it was a throwaway Halloween show, whatever, but I loved that match because of how audibly angry it made Jim Ross throughout it. And that is worth the price of, you know, you can, you can keep all your 30 minute classics and and five-star matches. Just give me, give me Jim Ross sounding like he hates his life. Well, yes. So New Japan Power Struggle coming up this weekend. They're back to their probably five-hour cards. They only have nine matches for the show. Uh, Shingo defends the IWGP world title against Zack Sabre Jr. Okada defends his Tokyo Dome title shot against Tamatanga, who beat him in the G1. Hiroshi Tanahashi defends against defends the U.S. title against Kenta. Robbie Eagles defends the junior title against Desperado. Toriano and the Great Ocon in an amateur rules match for the KOPW trophy. <laughs> Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto versus Sho, Yujiro, and Evil for the Never Sixes. And let's see here. Then a bunch of tag fillers to open the show. Uh, Wato and Taguchi and Nagata versus Hiromu Bushi and Sonata, Tiger Mask, Honma and Makabe against Tengelo, Ojado and Ghetto, and 
Fujita Inoiwa, the Young Lions versus Suzuki Gun. Fujita uh, sucks on ice, and Oiwa is going to be great. Is my uh, my handicapping of the uh, the current Young Lions in New Japan? Obviously, obviously, the big stuff on the show is uh, Okada defending the the title shot against Tamatonga, and uh, Shingo defending against Zack Saber. I would maybe be more excited for these matches if I hadn't just seen them. <laughs> I just saw both of them and I saw the challengers beat the guys on top in both matches. So like, I know this is supposed to be like a big show, but I, I don't, I'm not excited for it because I just saw these matches. Yeah. And I know that's, that's kind of the tradition is the, you know, the G one yeah. winner and the, the champ wrestle, wrestle a guy who beat them in the G one at the November show. So I guess it's just business as usual in that sense, but it's like Zack Sabre Jr. not winning the world title. Like, right. and especially after already having beaten Shingo, um, if anything, he'll just be the, he'll just be one of those go-to like off month, slightly less big show challengers, the way like Sonata has been for Okada in the past. Like, it's like, well, we can always call back to that one time you beat him. So but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I yeah, I think it, there will be a lot of good wrestling. Um, Okada and Tamatanga does not light my word on fire. But you know, you know, it's funny. Like Okada has better matches with uh, Fale than he does with Tonga. <laughs> like theoretically, Tamatanga is a better wrestler than Bad Luck Fale, right? Oh, for sure. But like, and I don't even say this is a sparish Tonga. There's just always some. There's like a weird chemistry between Okada and Fale that he does not have with a lot of those other bullet club boys. That's fair. That's fair. We should probably mention ring of honor, possibly going out of business. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> That's a company that uh, we both saw a lot of over the years. And obviously you don't want to root for full-time jobs in wrestling to go away, but they've been less than relevant really since the elite guys left and maybe even before that when they <laughs> it was clear that they were leaving to start their own thing um they've been irrelevant for a couple of years now and you don't want to ever root for full-time jobs in wrestling to go away but ring of honor being on hiatus for at least the first three months of next year is uh it's a scary proposition yeah um all their and they're, I guess, at the end of the year and everybody who was under contract will be released. So if they do run shows next year, I guess it'll be like a, you know, you just per appearance, everybody's per appearance at that point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's that's that's the sad part of it. I mean, I'll, I, I'm not going to lie to you and pretend that I've been watching Ring of Honor much in the <laughs> last three years. Um, you know, I would catch a show here and there and I, you know, I, I saw good things and heard good things about, you know, like the Shane Taylor group and, and, uh, and some of the other, uh, other guys they had like that. And, and like you said, it was, it was a place that was providing full-time employment for a lot of people and had, you know, had started to make strides with their women's division seemingly. And yeah, it's, that's, that's the worst part. And, and to their credit, um, whatever you might have to say about their parent company um they from a wrestling company standpoint took the pandemic about as serious as anybody did 
Um, they paid their talent in full for several months while they just weren't taping at all. And then when they did start doing tapings with, with no fans, they, you know, were doing bubbles and, and everything and, and doing pretty much everything they could to keep their talent, uh, you know, uh, safe while, while still having to film a wrestling show. So uh yeah it's that's that side of it is like they they could be commended for that and it's a shame that there's one less place to work and i i thought about that when the um when the releases were coming out from wwe today it's like wow that's you know one less place a guy like uh you know oni lorkin can go work or or you know some you know some like i said they they've certainly been making strides so i think beef up their their women's division recently and you know, adding if they had been able to add some veterans like Ember Moon or or Taya Valkyrie or somebody like that, they, that probably would have helped them. Or and uh, yeah, obviously that's not an option for them anymore. So that's that's the worst part of it. That companies like Ring of Honor, I guess there's been some rumors this week about Shimmer going on a hiatus as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's the the worst part of this is that I guess we are starting to see the more long term effects that the pandemic had on professional wrestling and some long time wrestling organizations or are at, at best restructuring how they pay their talent and how they retain their talent. And at worst, you know, for some, some of these, especially some of the smaller promotions, we might never see them run a live show again. So yeah, no, no good news. No, it's not really a good way to spin, spin that, I suppose. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of grim bad news today. So, well, is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there anything good happening that wrestling or not you want to talk about? <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a bad week, and I don't uh, I don't know. I don't have I don't have a, a great way to end this. I I wish I I guess there's that the silver lining is that, you know, some talented people that weren't being used have a chance to go elsewhere. Although, as we just mentioned, there are less places than there were, say, six months ago to go. Um, but hopefully as, you know, travel restrictions begin to open up a little bit uh, for, for the vaccinated folks, maybe they can, uh, they can start looking outside of the U.S. as well. And, and you know, some of the bigger indie scenes are, are starting to run like AIW and obviously GCW is about to run its biggest show ever. So there, there are places for, the, for these people to work. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see a lot of them do some cool stuff. And, and if nothing else, uh, Brian Danielson can finally get his match with Grand Metalik that he's wanted since like 2014. Yeah, that's true. Do you think Karrion Cross ever works again? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not knocking that guy, even though I think he looks like a mechanic from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I don't know where he goes. Uh, I mean, he worked a lot in AAA. He worked a lot in Impact prior to mm-hmm. his uh, him leaving. That I mean, that's just that's the that's the place where we send every where we suggest everyone that we don't want to see goes. Right? Like, I could see them in Impact. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I, I could see him ending up there. Although again, there were some, uh, I guess the person in charge that he and Scarlett had previous issues where is no longer in charge in that company, perhaps allegedly. Yeah. yeah that's the um, 
but uh, yeah, we will uh, we will see if, if that bridge is burned. Maybe AAA is an option, or yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, I don't know what else is out there for him. I'm sure he could go go main event a blood sport show or two. So I'm sure there's 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 good detail. And you know, if nothing else, you go work your local indie. You bring that wacky helmet they had him wearing, and uh, you know, <laughs> charge twenty bucks for a photo op. The real sad thing for him is he's not going to get a toy made with mm-hmm. the access the accessories right i mean that yeah that's 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 a good point scarlet got a bunch of stuff made but uh that's I'll, I'll just leave it here we've already talked about this we're going back we're going back to what we already discussed but it is fascinating to me that a woman who looked like scarlet was signed by world wrestling entertainment who had done the gimmick that scarlet had done in other places which was she was hot. That was mostly the gimmick. And, yeah. you know, why play against type? Um, but, and they were like, we're going to make her Luna Vachon. <laughs> like, what was, what was Paul smoking in, in Orlando, Florida? Like what were, what were Paul and Sean on when they were like, we're making that lady Luna Vachon. We're making her. We're giving her weird hairstyles and weird like SM gear and gonna have her like scream like a weirdo. Like what what are we doing here? Why I have literally never seen anyone more perfect for WWE than, right. that never made it there. And she's not, and unlike her husband, she's 30, like she's not 37 right. or whatever. Like, right. so it's like I that's that is one of those like ultimate. How did this happen? How did any of this happen? Yes. And when they went down to the performance center to to evaluate talent, quote unquote, <laughs> a few months ago, like how did they see her and not just like how is she not like the raw women's champion right now? Or, I, or, or I at don't least know. like hosting a talk show on the show. They love talk shows on on right. WWE television. How is she not somewhere on that show every week, probably with her shoes off? And they, they oh gosh, they had her work. <laughs> they had her work at least one dark match too. So like they brought her to TV for Vince to Ogle, and she, they decided not to go with her. Like she, maybe must... the rumors are true, and he's gone blind. I <laughs> mean, and uh, maybe she was, she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't Hayes' type, or she wasn't right. Bruce's, Bruce. yeah. Some maybe, yeah, maybe Bruce had heard bad things about her from from mm. from other other uh, acquaintances of his or something. But it's like it just it just doesn't add up that no, they packaged her the way that they did in NXT, or that when the main roster folks saw her, they didn't immediately change everything about what she was doing <laughs> in NXT and immediately make her the star of every Monday night show. It's at, it, it is absolutely bizarre. <laughs> All right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground. We've gotten into foot fetishes and WWE releases and all the stuff we normally cover here on the show. So till next time, everybody, I'm Ethan and I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features.
I've uh, I've wrapped up into uh, let's see. I think I'm about to begin season five of Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually, I'm in the middle of five. Anyway, uh, Fraser Crane has showed up. Okay, and uh, he's pretty great. <laughs> is it does is there any kind of disconnect between his own show Frasier and Cheers Frasier? Like, does it feel like the same guy for the most part? Beyond that, it's played by the same person. It feels mostly like the same guy. It, it, they a lot of the writers on the show were the same. A lot of the producers on the okay. shows were the same. Uh, apparently, there are a few continuity problems once you get into Frasier. Like, apparently, <laughs> at some at some point, he references that his dad died or something uh, during Cheers, and that his dad is like the main character <laughs> of Frasier, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is problematic, and uh, but you know, I'm willing to forgive that. <laughs> So it's a little bit of a flub, but you know. Yeah. It helps that these things are like 24 minutes or something, and you can power through like 12 episodes in a night. I was going to say, yeah, like a network television show now, like I, I've kind of fallen off with a lot of them, but the, like the CW superhero shows that spawned from Arrow and stuff, it's like doing like 25 episodes a season and they're all 45 minutes long. Boy, you're just... <laughs> You're yeah. asking a lot, man. Um, and yeah, at least in that day, it was like, yeah, it was a lot of episodes, but you can watch like, you know, three in an hour and right, right. Uh, you know, just keep on rolling through. Yeah. So really, they're like little TV vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really count as, a, as like watching a full show. Uh, you said 282. So I'm going to assume that it's 282. I think I looked it up. (laughs) Well, that's good. How does it work? I didn't just try to (laughs) just pick a random number. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like a 282. (laughs) What about the sweater with reindeer, Bob? (laughs) Turn around, Bob. Gloves on. Yeah. How about a scarf? Thought about a scarf? I try to keep on keeping on.